Please remember, the information in our podcast could be a trigger for some people. And if you or someone you know has been affected by sexual abuse, the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre 24-hour helpline is 1-800-77-8888. Hello, I'm Joyce. I'm June. And I'm Paula. We're the Kavanagh Sisters, and we'd like to welcome you to our series of Count Me In podcasts, where we continue to shine a light on childhood sexual abuse and its impacts. In today's podcast, we will be discussing mothers, and we appreciate how that topic will be more difficult for some victims more than others, but we can only speak from our own experience. I struggle with this because when I look at our story of mother and all the stories we've heard and the hate we pick up around mothers, yet we can't talk about them, we can only talk from our own experience. The victim should always come first, but it's like everything to do with sexual abuse. It's so complex. There are a lot of mothers out there who are actively involved in the abuse. You hear stories of a daughter going to the mother and the mother throwing it back in their face. In our experience, our mother was a victim as much as we were. We do believe on some level she did know about it, but she was as much a victim as us. As far as I was concerned, he was the evil person who did it. But her was much more difficult for me because I thought she should have protected us. Understanding her role wasn't an easy step because I did believe she knew. And I actually remember confronting her and saying to her, did, did she not remember certain instances where she'd walked in on us or she'd seen something? And her explanation at the time was never even crossed her mind to think of that. And it was only through doing my own work that I could come around to seeing that she knew on the same level I knew. She certainly wasn't walking around with the full conscious n- knowledge that her children, her daughters, were being sexually abused by her partner. Like you, I confronted her. She walked in and turned on the light. He was just preparing to abuse me. She said to him, what are you doing? And she looked at me and said, is he doing anything to you? So to me, I thought, well, she knows. It's like, how can you not know that? Like, that's as clear as day. And I always held on to that memory. I was confused because she did turn on the light. She did try and stop him. She did ask me, is he doing anything to you? And asked him, what are you doing? So I didn't know whose side was she on. It's a difficult one to explain. But I definitely understand how people outside of that environment would, would struggle. I think for me, um, I never believed that Mammy knew. But when I realised that I knew, I could have a deeper understanding of how Mammy knew and what she actually knew. And, and understanding that it wasn't conscious. She absolutely knew nothing consciously. She lived the way we lived. She had tunnel vision. She protected herself or believed she could and couldn't find a way back into herself. The two of us believed Mammy knew. Joyce was the only one who didn't. But we all arrived at the same place in the end. It was only years later and after she died and I did my own work that I could see how she could go around in the same house we all went around in and not know anything. But I walked in and caught him raping numerous times And I could honestly tell you, when this came out, I would have said I was the only one he ever raped. 
when I worked with Mammy first, I couldn't believe how grateful she was. I'd be lifted a cup from here to there. Nothing went unnoticed and everything was commented on. And then when I had my first child, I mean, Jesus, I would have been lost with her. Because you had postnatal depression, yeah. Really but see, I didn't badly. know that. But she would sit up with you and all, wouldn't all she? All night long. And I'm work. having a rest. She then yeah. went to work. When she finished work, she took over the child again. Like I was living in cuckoo land, and she never complained. I could not get over the amount of work she did, and how much she tried to lift from me. And I remember even you know when she'd see me upset, she always said something she related to it she was able to tell me oh no i used to feel like that because you're just five years between you and me and i would have been the next one and then two years later would have been paula we didn't get as much of her as you did because that that wall she'd built around her heart it was there when i was growing up too it was but she had a few cracks still i would say for me the hardest part in terms of healing was Mammy came last because of the pain of not receiving nurturing from Mammy. I knew I was getting abused by him. I knew what was happening. With her, I didn't know what was missing. I just knew there was nothing there. And so I had nothing for her. I had no emotional connection to her. And I didn't understand it because she was my mother. But it was the realisation over time that I was so hurt because I never received the nurturing that I felt a mother should be given. Paula got a little bit of it where you were a very sickly child, so physically she would have had to be with you more often than the rest of us. You know, in that way you would have probably got a little bit of something physical from her. Growing up as a child, I didn't know I was missing anything from her. I didn't know there was something she was supposed to be doing differently than what she was doing, because that was our life and that was our experience of what a mother was which was her working all the time, being numb. But I wouldn't have known she was numb and I wouldn't have known she was emotionally vacant. I didn't that's know it. that. That's the child. Yeah. And that's what, it was our norm. But when we were doing our healing work, I wondered why did Mammy come last, like when we were looking at our pain and our childhood. And I just thought it was because I had no connection with her. But it was because it was actually harder to um, accept or come to terms with that lack of nurturing, I really felt so hurt by that. And I was going, why is that hurting me more when here's somebody physically raping me on a daily basis? And yet this seems to be more impactful. Maybe the difference for both of you as opposed to me and how I think you got there quicker than I did with the understanding and all that is because you're both mothers. So your expectations of what she should have, could have, would have done would be very different in mine because I've never known any different. I've never had a mother and I've never been a mother. So I don't, like I don't have a point of reference. I was very aware when we start writing the chapter on Mammy how, how different my experience of Mammy would have been to yours or to Joyce's. I, and I'm, I, I am aware of the fact that because I was so ill all the time as a child, she would have had to sit with me. She would have had to rub me back. I used to sneak into her bed at night time. As a child, I remember getting into the bed and she'd turn her back immediately. There was nothing soft or gentle about it. It was literally a place to get into bed where I knew he couldn't get me. But then as I grew older, Mammy really became my chauffeur. She dropped me everywhere and picked me up. And all the time, I don't think I ever had a real conversation with Mammy, ever. Up until it came out, I don't believe I ever talked about anything with Mammy other than 
Will you give me a lift here? Will you pick me up here? Give us some money. That was it. I mean, I got odd bits of information, but it, it wasn't because we were sitting down lovey-dovey and we're having conversations. It would only be because I was actually going through something that she could relate to and she could make a comment. Mm. But the comment at the time meant a lot to me because it was telling me, no, Joyce, you're not crazy. When I was trying to deal with Mammy, the hardest thing for me in that process was I understood that she was one of us. I understood her as a victim. So it was very hard for me to put that aside and acknowledge that I was deeply hurt. When all of the abuse came out, I remember she was so ashamed. She felt totally responsible and she had good reason because uh, the message was coming through loud and clear from society in general. Yeah, that, you know, what, did, what was the mother doing? How did she, how could she not have known? Why didn't she put a stop to this? Our experience of mothers is not the same as everyone else's. Uh, and we do believe with everything we've learned that Mammy was like one of us. She was a victim in her own right. And yet I always remember her saying, I have no right to share my story. I don't deserve that. That still breaks my heart. And to think that she died with the shame and the guilt that belonged to him. And also because of the response she got. Well, it always bothered me with every interview we ever did that people's focus, the interviewer, focus more on Mammy than they did on him. Well, do you remember she tried to get counselling and they would only go so far with her unless she admitted that she knew and she couldn't because it, to her belief, her, she fully believed she didn't know. Yeah. And it was like death asking her to admit to that because she would then probably have to kill herself. Yeah. And because she couldn't, they discarded her. So she had nowhere to turn. And they had already herself. made the assumptions before they took her on. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't believe that would happen today in a, in a council environment. I do believe there's a, a lot more awareness. Even when we were doing the book and we were writing a chapter on mothers, we didn't know then how we were going to handle it and how we felt. And it was soon apparent the totally unrealistic cultural expectations there are on women and now on us as we took, stepped into that mothering role and it was and it still is today absolutely horrendous yeah it's totally unrealistic but it is real it's not we didn't make it up like the expectations that are placed on a mother single or married is absolutely ridiculous I think now people will start asking questions and women will start demanding more. And you can demand what you want. The reality is you still work, you still go home and do all the cooking and cleaning. Because it's a cultural and societal belief, it's very difficult to break that down or even for people to acknowledge that it exists. So that's the scary part. Yeah, because men are just as conditioned as we are. Yeah. How could this be happening in a home where the mother doesn't know. Like what Mammy said was, you wouldn't go there. Even if you suspected there was something not right in your home, with your partner or your kids, it would be so apparent a thought for you to have to think that your partner could do that 
to your children. You wouldn't, your mind wouldn't let you go there. It's like the way a woman finds out her husband's having an affair. It's just unthinkable. She suspects there's something not right. Her gut is telling her there's something off. But until she actually finds out on the day, she goes, oh my God, all the signs were there. How could I not have known? It's that kind of knowing, and it's the levels of knowing that goes on in the household. We were lucky on lots of levels. You know, we do know personally lots of people who, when the abuse broke out, the woman actually sided with the abuser over the child. You know, that's a difficult one. And, you know, makes it ten times harder to ever get over. Well, I, in fairness, I can't imagine what it would be like to, to love your partner and then discover that he's been abusing your kids. There's something not right here. If I can love you as my husband above what you did to my child, there's something wrong with me. It's something missing. There's something not right there with my head and my thinking that would allow me to do that, that would allow me to get into the same bed with you knowing that you have slept with my children. There's something seriously amiss here. Now, I'm not blaming the mother. What I'm saying is there's something wrong. And if she doesn't even realise there's something wrong, you mightn't even know. Today it would be slightly different in the sense that there's a lot of talk out there about sexual abuse. Sexual abuse is all over newspapers, radios, it's everywhere now. In, when we were growing up, that absolutely would never have never happened. happened. She had the same levels of knowing and coping as we did. She was also conditioned to believe that, that men aren't responsible for their own sexuality. Uh, like if a man starts, he can't stop. I actually do remember Mummy saying to me, There'd never be a bad man if there wasn't a bad woman. Yeah. She believed that. She didn't doubt that for a minute because this is not a church-going woman. This is not somebody that was the church did this to her. This was society. It was a belief she held that men, they couldn't be held responsible for their actions. If they were inappropriate or even had affairs, it was the woman's fault. She believed he knew better. She believed she couldn't cope without him because he was the breadwinner, even though... She was the one doing all of the work. Like she taught so little of herself, she was grateful for his attention. The interesting thing is that we all came from a very abusive background. And yeah, it's not necessarily obvious that we're going to notice these things around us. We wouldn't see them if they landed in our face. You know, it's not an automatic thing. Because it happened to me, I'll, I'll know. I used to think I'd know. I knew fuck all. Like, I didn't see anything around me. Like, I took my kids down to... Mammy's house. He was there. Like, what was I thinking? But you weren't, you see. Where was I? I it had never even dawned on me. They're all there together. There's nothing you can do. Like, we were all there together. Yeah, I know. Yeah. found a way. Because sometimes life gets overwhelming and you have good and bad days and there are days where there's a lot going on for you emotionally and you step back into your default mode is what yeah. we were conditioned to do is cope with what you've got in front of you. The rest is too much right now. And that's how shit yeah. can happen around you. And you think, my God, I should have known better. But you know, that capacity kicks in that you were talking about, that woman walking down a dark alley and hearing footsteps behind her. But yet she has been conditioned to switch off. You're, you just remove yourself from the situation because it's, you can't do anything about it. But I think it's important that, that mothers who have been victims themselves, who now find out that their child has also been a victim, 
understand that about themselves so they don't kill themselves with shame and guilt. There are women that are so closed off to their own pain. Well, it's like us when we were kids right. and he clicked the fingers and we, the first thought in our head was, I hope he doesn't want me. And yet every one of us was swear blind. We thought we were the only one, right? So which means we knew. Now I believe Mammy knew on the same level. We didn't know anything and I would have went to the grave swear and I knew nothing. But when we delved in and really tore that asunder, we discovered absolutely we knew. God but, knows what we witnessed, but we absolutely knew. I remember us talking about this and saying, well, yeah, like we were abused every day or every second day, but we didn't walk around waiting for the next time to be called. I don't believe that now. No, neither. I know that we were living in fear 24-7. We were in the heightened state, but it wasn't apparent it was now our norm it, it was like the switch was on all the time how can you do what we did like go and as you said a hundred percent of my attention is going on to this subject whatever it is we're doing and yet in the back of our head and it was a distant back because i certainly wasn't conscious of it the fear of him calling yeah the tragedy is that women are getting blamed for what men are doing you know, the mothers have been held responsible when they're another victim in the household. If a mother is condoning or, you know, taking part in abuse, there's something wrong there. Like, you know, for, her, for a woman to go against what she's been conditioned to do, which is nurture, there's something seriously wrong. And I'm not making excuses. I'm the same as I feel about a male perpetrator there's something wrong there like they absolutely have to take responsibility for their actions have to pay for the crime but at some stage we have to look at what's after causing this what can we do about it and certainly can we help to stop it people who feel they just cannot cope with the details they should be at least be able to cope with the details of the impacts the lifelong lasting effects of it and um, that's what's something we have to be able to uh, impart to others to make a difference. And I think what's really important for mothers to understand is they need as much support as the victim needs. In order to help the victim get through it, they have to get support themselves. And by putting you going, you know, I don't deserve anything, I have no right to anything, you're not actually helping anybody. You have to get help so you can understand what's going on for your child and therefore be in a better position to support them because it's a long process, it takes years and you have to be able to be there for them but you can't do that if you have nothing to give. Thanks for listening. Hopefully some of the information we have shared will resonate with you. This will give you a deeper understanding of yourself plus allow you to move into a space where you can show compassion to yourself. Please know that no matter how you feel or how you reacted to the abuse, it was normal. We are hopeful and optimistic that those in any position of power to bring about change will be moved into action so we can finally eradicate childhood sexual abuse. So please spread the word and share the information. Thank you. The decision to heal from childhood sexual abuse places you on the most important journey of your life. You're in charge of this journey. Only you know what works for you and what doesn't. 
It takes as long as it takes because there's no rush in it and there's no fake in it. You have to feel it. And just as the ripple of pain that you're in goes out and impacts all of those around you, so does the healing. And the more you heal, the more everyone around you benefits from your healing. You've been listening to the Kavanagh Sisters Count Me In podcast. You can contact us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram or directly at thecavanaghsisters at gmail.com. We would like to leave you with a quote that you can take with you throughout your day. Think about the words you need to hear right now. Words of encouragement that would help you on your healing journey. Think about what it is exactly that would make you feel better. And then say those words to yourself. Because although it is good to receive encouragement from others, it's more important that you believe those words and you believe in yourself. So start giving to you what you need and believe in yourself. You can do it.